Thank you for joining us at Living Water Community Church's podcast. We're glad that you're here. We want you to know at Living Water that God loves you just the way you are, but He loves you way too much to leave you there. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Um, and so for the rest of my life, I will tell whatever testimony 
Um, that God leads me to tell even if I don't want to. So I try to think of just feel like Mary and just be willing. Um, and it will all work out. Also, a funny joke. My testimony is full of funny jokes. It's how I cope. Um, <laughs> when I was um, going to have more than I was terrified, right? I mean, mind-blowing terrified. I will tell you, if you're ever afraid of birth, um, there is a grace that comes over you. You will be fine. If I could do it, anybody could do it. But I remember telling Jake, I just want to be on the other side of this. I just give me on the other side. Um, I want to be done. That's how I feel in this moment. Um, but if you get on the other side and you're fine, and then God gets the glory, and then He honors your obedience. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So I love testimonies. I did tell Jake from the beginning, you know, use me um, as you need me, and I actually started praying for what, because I mean, you just know, I just knew at some point He was going to need me. Um, so I started praying on what God wanted me to share. And I have, I've shared like my whole life before. I've shared pieces of things. I've shared on our Facebook page some stuff. Um, and um, so anyway, I didn't really know until last week what God wanted me to share, but I was thankful that I started praying for it early. Um, another thing I love about testimonies is that we get to know each other in testimonies. And we get to, like, testimonies unite us because we're relatable to people, right? And, um, you know, I'm less ashamed to walk up to somebody and be like, hey, this is a struggle for me. This is what I'm going through when I know that they've been there. Uh, because they're probably not going to judge me if they do that. It would be strange. Um, you know, but they're probably going to be like, you know what? Like, yeah, let's let's help each other. Let's let's unite. And when you're struggling, let me know. I guarantee you I'll be struggling too or whatever. Um, my testimony today is really not anything like big and extravagant. I mean, it's big as in what God can do, um, but it's not like the darkest part of my life or something that I struggled with for years or, I don't know, I hope I don't cry. Um, other parts that I tell you, if, if I were to tell other pieces of my testimony, I would definitely move on. But I'll play it out today. But I feel like this is what God has for me. So although the idea is simple, although it's not a major, um, you know, we think of testimonies and we're like, well, I did something. I, I wasn't um, an addict, or I, I wasn't abused, or in, we think of testimonies as in, like, these testimonies are greater, um, but it's just like sin, right? So, your sin isn't bigger than my sin, my sin isn't bigger than your sin, and our testimonies all can be powerful, no matter how insignificant we think they are, which is kind of how I got today. Okay, emotional water bottle. <laughs> also, let this encourage you that if you're terrified, um, it's okay. Here we are. Okay. So, I have a story um, that I'm going to start with. And some of you know this already because um, Amy knows it. Jake's probably told people. Colby knows it. John knows it because Colby told it. Told him. Um, but was it last Friday? Not this past Friday, but the Friday before we went to a Braves game. Okay. I was a little nervous because Marley's bedtime was 7 o'clock and the game started at 7 20. Um, so I was like, this will be interesting. But we did it, and it was fantastic. Like, she was an angel baby. She was way better than she was going to worship. She was quiet, and she was like, okay. And like, it was so cute. Um, we had one we of friends, great time. Like, I couldn't ask for anything better. So that was wonderful. And then we're driving home. Jake is driving home. And he's like, out of nowhere, we're still in Atlanta, mind you, on the interstate. And he goes, um, what's going on with your car? 
Um, that far pushed us as long as far as God was allowing us to go. Um, and I think sometimes life does us the same way, where it's like, I can't keep going at 65 miles an hour. This isn't this isn't this isn't going to like, put me through. This isn't going to sustain me. But somehow we keep on going. Uh, and then when we lay up in the grass at 1:30 in the morning, God still provides for us. Um, another question that I wrote down um, that I kind of got from my crazy car story is. Um, has God ever called you to something and you know it and you're ready for it, but it's not the time yet? And you're like, that's, that's a citrus of joke, God. Why would you do that to me? Why would you ready my spirit and ready my soul, but then be like, hold on, you know, like, wait a second, it's not yet. Um, and that's, that's the testimony that I want to share today. Um, not the testimony in my heart, but being in a place of, I know what you have for me, I'm ready for it. I'm eager for it, and I need it, and I'm desperate for it. But he's like, hold on. So another example of this is Marley hates when we take her diaper to be wiped. She hates it. Probably because it's cold, and like it's, just not, it's not fun, right? So she goes, every time that I change her diaper, she goes, almost, almost. And she's so ready for me to be done. Because what I taught her is that almost, baby, mommy's got to wipe you, almost, almost. And I think sometimes, too, as Christians, we look at God and we're like, Almost, almost, you know, it's almost, it's almost done. Um, and sometimes he's like, baby, now he almost, right? Um, so that's what I want to share um, with you guys today is that. Can you call that off now, please, Sean? So about, I don't know, many months ago this was, in November, I started, um, and I shared this a little bit with the women on Wednesday night. So if you don't join us, you should, because I tell things. Um, I don't tell secrets about Jake, though. That's what everyone was looking forward to today. But, um, but in, back in November, I started, I found myself in a season that I've never been in before. And it sh- shook me to my core. Um, and again, it was, you know, from November to February. It wasn't like some of y'all's testimonies where, you know, you've lived in a, in a family that did these things for so long, or you were in a, you know, an abusive relationship for so long, or you had addiction for so long, or whatever. Um, but this was a really dark time for me, and I'm thankful that God allowed me to go through it, um, because even if it's just like a little bit of what people may feel that struggle with um, depression, uh, maybe if I just got a glimpse then I feel like I can relate even just a little bit. So I'm thankful for that experience. But uh, before, if you didn't know, surprise, I work at Cleveland Hospital now, the writers. Um, yeah, and I'm at the, the front office. And um, I started there in February. And this is not a testimony of how Paul's at Cleveland Hospital. Well, probably he is. I mean, everywhere. But um, before that, I was in foster care. Not myself. I worked in foster care. And I uh, love foster care. I worked with Jennifer there for a while. Um, she was a wonderful foster parent and a wonderful worker with us. She's fantastic. Um, but I worked there since 2016. And when I first started, I worked with the children, which I love. I love the kids. I hated the strips, right? So if you're a social worker, you can relate. Um, and then about two and a half years in, I transitioned to like recruiting foster parents and marketing and training and all that good stuff, which I also love, but I miss the kids. 
So when COVID hit, um, March, I was actually out of the office when we had like the meeting and it was virtual because it was coming from our state office and they were like, all right, pack yourself up and go home. And I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, all right, see ya. And um, I'm a lot that quarantine or whatever we're calling it, how we're all staying home, would be fun for me because I'm not super extroverted. If I've never spoken to you, I think I've talked to everybody except for maybe guests here. That's because you talk to me anyway. <gasps> See? Okay. I don't think you've talked to me, though. <gasps> I'm so good. Yeah, God definitely at Cleveland Middle School. I, I, I go there and I go for <laughs> If you ever need anything, I'll have to front office. I'll write you a pass the class. <laughs> Bang. But anyway. Uh, what was I saying? You threw me off in the best way. Oh, quarantine. Um, yeah. So I'm not as extroverted as Jake. Um, even though I love you guys and like Wednesday nights and being with you guys and studying words is everything, it's still like like when I leave here, literally I'm like, I get such the life out of me. Um, sorry. Um, so anyway, I was like, are you home? I don't have to face the cancel any plans. You know, it's gonna be great. It was like I spent a lot of time with Marley and Jake that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And um, you know, you guys know that he is the head baseball coach at Cleveland Middle. Last year was his first year being the head baseball coach. They were undefeated, the Raiders, um, because they didn't play. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in baseball season, y'all guys know. I mean, I even missed a Wednesday, two Wednesdays ago. It's crazy. I was going to say whack because I was going to say this one. Um, it's crazy, and like I don't see him, he doesn't see me. He, Marley goes like days without seeing him because not his fault. He's just doing what he does, and that's that's what God has called him to do, and he should do that, and I'm proud of him for that. Um, but it's crazy. I mean, it's we're just busy. So we weren't that busy last season. It was time that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Now I'm not thankful for COVID um, by any means, but I'm thankful for that tiny piece. Um, that we did get, and so anyway, so I was working from home all of that time, so from March and then all the way to November, and I don't know, other than just God, um, what happened in November and what shifted to where I wasn't enjoying, not even enjoying, but embracing the journey, right, because like, nobody enjoyed 2020, really, let's be honest, um, but like embracing it and kind of being like, you know, we're pushing through no matter what. And um, I was more like, holy cow, I can't get out of my bed all of a sudden. And I don't, I don't know why, right? And even if it was just for this very moment, then I'm thankful for it. But um, I would, so I would um, more than go back on her normal schedule. Um, once, once we kept her home for a few months, starting in March of 2020. So she was gone through the day so I could work. And then I picked her up in the evening. So we would wake up. Not at the time that I wake up now. I got to sleep in before. But we would wake up and I'd take her to either my mom or Jake's mom. And then um, I would come back home. And I would be my mom by myself all day long. Like it was nothing for me to not speak a word all day long. And um, again, I thought that I would love that. And maybe I did for a little bit. But then it was like, it wasn't like a slow fade into misery. It was like, bam. And it was like, man. I'm struggling. Like, I 
And Amy and Jesse had lunch with me one day, and I'm very, very thankful for that because that was something that I could look forward to. But all of a sudden, I was finding myself being like, man, I don't have anything in life that I'm looking forward to right now. I'm alone, I feel like 90% of the time. And like, not only alone, but like, I'm not even speaking, you know? Like, I'm just silent, the house is silent. And for some reason, maybe just for this part of the testimony, it really weighed on me. Like, really heavy. And so from November to February 22nd, when I started in the middle, I had a really hard time. And I never, even after, you know, Marley, like postpartum, I never really, thank God, I struggled with postpartum depression or anything. Um, and so that was a new feeling for me. I mean, that hopelessness, I never felt that before. Um, and it scared me. Like, it scared the bloody daylight out of me. And I was scared to be alone some days, you know. Um, oh, damn. Don't get emotional. Um, Jake spoke into existence. <laughs> but, um, but it was tough, right? And I, I really remember because I had someone else that I knew that had already been on this kind of journey of depression. And again, mine was a very, very short season. Um, and mine was circumstances fixed to me, right? Circumstances fixed my situation. And that's not always the case for everybody. Um, so I'm thankful for that. But um, I had someone else that I knew that was struggling, and I was like, listen, if today all we do is shower, honestly, you know, then go us. And it was literally like peeling myself up. I would, I found myself, and this is when I really knew like I was struggling. Um, I found myself, I would make myself go to sleep. I would literally force myself to take a nap, even if it was just 20 minutes, because it was 20 minutes of my day that I was gone, and then I was closer to feeling more like a human with Jake Rock home or, you know, whatever. And I was like, I don't love a good nap. So when I was like, I'm not even enjoying my nap. So like, I know that sounds silly, but like, that was an issue. And I told Jake, I was like, there's something wrong. And so anyway, like the, the peak of this was I told Jake, I was like, listen, if something doesn't change, like, I need to go to the doctor. Because again, I was like, I was afraid to be alone. Um, I was like, you know, I, I don't want to hurt myself, but I'm just, I'm really scared. I've never felt this way before. So anyway, um, January, maybe? I'm getting out of that topic so we can move on. Um, January, I reached out to a friend that worked in the school systems in Indian County. And I was like, dude, shout out, Chase Bennett. Shout out, Chase Bennett. Okay, so, um, I was like, if you hear of anything, because I'm going to school for school counseling, and I'm going to need an internship at some point, and I hope that I can get paid for an internship. So, you know, I can find something in the school system, because it wasn't, a job wasn't the problem. It was just, where it was making, where, where I was having to work, right? Just the isolation was the problem. So no shame to my job that I had at the time. But, um, let's see, you hear anything? Let me know. So we had something. It was part-time gig. I wasn't convinced that, um, you know, it was, like, financially enough. Um, but I was like, you know, if that's what God has for me, then he'll sustain us. And at this point, I think I had the women here praying for, I'd ask them to like pray for my job situation, um, just to have this need to change. So anyway, that fell through. The whole acting thing fell through, and it was like I was like clinging to it because I was so desperate for God to open a door and for me to feel happiness again and hope again and like just something to look forward to again. And I mean, literally, it was just dull emotion twenty four seven. And that fell through, and. 
now that I'm on the other side of all this, I can see how God was aligning everything perfectly. But when we're in the middle of that period and that waiting, and we don't see that, right? And uh, when we're driving the car 65 miles an hour, we don't see at all. It's all going to be okay. At the end, you're going to get a brand new motor. I don't even know what that is for free. Um, so that's supposed to be a blessing. But um, when I was sitting in it, it was hard. Anyway, God totally aligned it for me to be wearing it. And come February, um, had Jake was like, hey, there's a job um, at the middle school. I was like, great, but it was still like half of the salary that I currently have. And I was like, you know, I just don't know how to do that. But I also needed a change. And so um, God aligned our finances and aligned the brooding long interview process that I don't understand why it was so long. Um, and I got the job. And that was just what I needed. And when people, everyone is so fun. They're at the school, but when they're coming, they're like, how are you doing? Or how's it going? Or whatever. I mean, I truly can tell them, like, God put me here. Like, he literally placed me here because I, like, I would not have chosen that on my own because the loss of pace scared me to death. Um, and, but, I mean, I, I remember telling Jake, like, if something doesn't change, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, like, I'm in a bad place. Like, I'm in a dark place. So, anyway, my testimony that I want to share today is from that season of waiting and from that season of, like, I know that there's something that God is going to open for me. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, he's telling me almost, which I'm a little upset about, but it's fine. Um, because in the end, man, does he align for you. And then... Um, you're on the other side and you get to tell people like, okay, I know that you're struggling. I had a sweet friend that's sitting in here and she actually just told me that um, she put it off. I can tell you who it is. So I'm looking at everybody so nobody gets thrown off. But um, but I was praying for her because she was in the same season that I was kind of in, not necessarily in dark places, but being in a place and being like, I know that there's something else for me and I know God has it. Open the door yet, and I was coming, but that's hard, that's a hard place to be, and, and you get tired of that place. Um, and so here's my encouragement to you, and is that, you know, your door is coming, it will open, and when it does, I want to hear about it, um, and I want to, I want to, like, happy dance with you, um, because it will come, and, and also, I don't, I can't relate to, um, like, having clinical depression, I, I can't relate to, you know, some of the, the things that keep us in our bed, right? Hidden under our covers. I can't relate to that. But I can catch a glimpse of knowing, like, you know, I smile today, or even if it was fake, or I took a shower, or I changed and took a second set of pajamas and at least took the first set off, like, and that's a win. Um, I can relate to that. So, like, if you ever just, like, I don't know, tell me to take a shower. Okay, I mean, I will. You know, like, let's do this together, and I'll root for you. I really would have to tell Jake, like, tell me to get out of bed. Like, maybe. Um, and I still would lay there for two hours. But um, if you're waiting on God for whatever, um, he has that door for you. He has your healing. He has your victory. He has your purpose. He has the plan. And even though you're just going 65 miles an hour in the interstate, you're going to get a new engine. It's going to be great. And it's going to be under warranty. And it's just going to all things work for the good, right? Um, and we consider it all joy on the other side. And we should in the trial. And we do sometimes. We're also human. So it can be hard. But um, I gave a testimony on our Facebook page one time about 
what I had. So I've got all the money, and like it just randomly swelled up for months, and no one knew why. And I'm terrified of doctors, so that was like terrifying, a terrifying thing in my life. And I still don't know what happened to money. I still don't know why. Um, and that's okay, but I don't need to know, and I don't care. I just never wanted to happen again. Um, but I had this anthem right during this time, and I shared this on Facebook, and I wrote down the lyrics, and I'm awkwardly going to speak them and not sing them because I haven't seen. Um, James, have you ever learned this song? You can. Um, <laughs> but um, it was like any time that I find myself waiting for something, like waiting for God to answer a prayer, waiting for direction, waiting for healing, waiting for whatever it is, I, I sing, like I scream this song. If I play it eight times in a row, that's what I do. Like whatever I need to do. And this is like a battle cry, right? And I don't know why, but God knew that I needed it. Um, and so anyway, I used this in this season of waiting too. And um, when I, even when I didn't even want to listen to music, when I didn't even want to hear a sound, when I was kind of in that dark place, I played it anyway. I would force myself to do the little things that I know just from social work and being a psychology major of, like, okay, here's a, here's a, the baby step, that's a step, and like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm going to sing, no, I'm not. I'm going to song. <laughs> I'm going to speak this song, and, and I hope that it resonates with you if you find yourself in a season of waiting now, and I hope and I pray that if you find yourself in a season of waiting later, at some point in life, because we're all waiting for something at some point, um, that you find maybe this song, or some song, or some scripture, like my scripture when I had stuff going through my knee was what I just, from the day 28, where I just said to you, all things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Like, that was it. I thought about getting tatted. I thought about, like, on my forehead, like, I need this daily, you know, like, I'm too scared of needles. But, um, okay, let me read this to you, ready? This is, this will blow your mind, okay? I'm going to try not to speak it to the tune of the song. So, like the frost on a rose, winter comes for us all. Oh, how nature acquaints us with the nature of patience. Like a seed in the snow, I've been buried to grow. For your promise is loyal. From seed to sequoia, don't know what that is, it's one of the massive trees. And I know that though the winter is long, even richer is the harvest that it brings. Though my waiting prolongs, even greater is your promise for me like a seed. I believe that my season will come. I skipped some of the verse. I skipped some of the words because I was like, I'm just like Um, I can see the promise. I can see the future. You're the God of seasons, and I'm just in the winter. If all I know of harvest is that it's worth my patience, listen to this. Then if you're not done working, God, I'm not done waiting. You can see my promise even in the winter, because you're the God of greatness even in a manger. For all I know of seasons is that you take your time. You could have saved us in a second, but instead you sent a child. And then the song says, um, because talk about a seed for Sequoia, so it says, when I finally see my tree, when I finally see my promise, when it's finally my season, um, I know that my season will come. So, that is She's going to be drained for the next three days. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's taking the day tomorrow off work. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs>
Uh, I, I do remember that song, and and I'll be honest with you, when she first played it, I was like, I really like that song. I'll be honest with you, but, but it's a great song, and I love the lyrics, and, and I love what she shared, you know, as, as James is, is starting to get ready to come. I love what she shared that we know, we all know, everyone knows that when we go through those trials, when we go through those seasons, when we go through the car is stuck at 65 or in the dark place, we know that God has a plan. We know that God is working. We, we know that God knows what he's doing. But it's so hard in that season to trust him. It's so hard in that time of waiting and when your foot is floored in the car, because I was one driving and saying, why will this thing not go over 65? It's so hard to say, God, I know what you're doing. I know you have a plan. But I think that, that as Courtney shared, if, if we could learn that through those seasons, that through those dark times, that through those trials, that through those, those phases of life when maybe we don't know what the next season is going to look like, that God still is on the throne, that God still has a plan, that, that even in that season, God knows what he's doing. And I think that that's something that every one of us, whether we've been Christian for 50 years or for five minutes, that we, we can learn from. That's something we can take hold of. And that's something that we can cling to, is that even during those trials, even through those seasons, God, God knows what he's doing. And so in your life today, I, I, I don't know what you're going through. I really don't. You know, some of you guys from time to time will confide in me, and I'm grateful for that. But looking across this crowd, there's not one person I'm like, hey, I know that right now you're dealing with this. I don't. But, but the beauty of God is that he does. For every single person, for the one, one that has shared with me, for the one that's scared to share with me, for the one that's scared to even admit that they're in a trial, God sees what you're going through. And not only does he see what you're going through, but God walks with you through that situation. And, and so as we close out there, and as we sing a song, I just want to simply encourage you that God is with you. If it feels like you're waiting, God is with you. If it feels like you don't know what tomorrow looks like, God is with you. If it feels like you don't know what the next six months are going to hold, God is with you. If you feel like you don't know what your next step is going to be, God is with you. And, and, and so as Courtney was sharing, I, I was just thinking about that, how comforting it can be to, to you and how comforting it is to me to know that even when I don't know what to do, and God, that seems like every day in my life, even when I don't know where to turn or, or what next step to take, God does. And there's something is so comforting about that. There is something that is so comforting in saying, God, I don't know, but I know that you do. There's something that's so free by admitting, God, I don't know, but I know that you do. I don't know why you have me waiting. I don't know why I can't just jump into that season of life that I want. I don't know why I've got to wait two years or five years or ten years or six months or whatever. I don't know why you're making me wait, but you do. I don't understand the trial, but you do. I don't understand why my family's going through this, but you do. I don't understand why you've taken this opportunity away from me, but you do. And so as we get ready to sing this song today, as we get ready to, to close out, I just want to simply encourage you 
with this. I just want to simply encourage you with this. Is that in the midst of everything that you're going through, man, that is good. That's the song. In the midst of whatever, God sees you. Not only does he see you, but he hears you. And God is with you. Every single step of the way. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for recording and for willing to share today. God, I'm praying that we would understand that God, though it seems like the winter is long, though it seems like our waiting is never going to end. That God, you have a plan. You have a purpose. And God, our season will come. So God, today we're just simply saying we trust you. We're giving you our seed and we're trusting you. We love you, we praise you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.